there is a lot of talk about becoming a digital agent in our industry today. But with all the tech that's out there and with all the new technologies that are sort of rolling through on a daily basis, have you ever wondered how to decipher it all, where to start and what you actually need to implement into your business to truly level up? If this is the case, then today's episode is absolutely the one for you. And in actual fact, we're going to be really um, taking it even a step further and talking about how you can really build that digital strategy to really increase your revenue and your GCI. Today, I'm going to be sitting down with Jamie Harrison, who is an agent for Colossi Real Estate on the Gold Coast. He's going to be sharing with us his knowledge and his expertise in terms of how he's really grown and built his business, utilizing uh, digital and how he's truly leveled up to grow a business unlike any other. Hello and welcome to episode 22 of the Build Your Best Life video podcast series. I'm your host, Sherry Storer. I'm a hardworking real estate agent and a sales coach. And it's my mantra to build your best life and I have been doing exactly this. And throughout this podcast series, you'll learn how you can grow and build your own GCI, your revenue and your income by implementing tried and tested systems and structures. You'll also learn how you can grow and build your own EBU, Effective Business Unit, team and agencies and how you can truly harness your real estate career to provide you with the wealth and the freedom that you've always dreamt of. So if this is the life that you want to live, I suggest that you strongly go and subscribe to this podcast series so you get notified every single Tuesday when the episodes go live. But look, in addition to working exclusively with a select number of agents and agencies, I also have my foundational program, the Build Your Best Life Coaching Program, which comes complete with its own success manual. Now, this program rolls out on a quarterly basis, and I have to tell you, the quarter is currently here. So go out there, go and check it out on my website, sherrystorer.com forward slash BYBL. But look, if you want uh, to get a better understanding of what these um, systems are, what's included in the coaching program, I'm going to be giving away a freebie, which is a demonstration of this template. Now, this particular template is all around goal setting. So um, it's going to help you personally work out how much GCI you want to write, how many listings you need to sell in order to achieve that, how many properties you then need to go out and list, and then how many properties you actually need to go out and appraise in order to get those figures. And wonderfully, it's going to personalize it and collaborate it and, and calculate it all, especially just for you. So look, if you want to find out more about that, I strongly suggest that you go to sherrystorer.com forward slash level up to find out more, get this freebie, you can download and you can start goal setting today. Now, this podcast would simply not be possible without my amazing sponsor, List Ready, and there's going to be more from them a little bit later on in the show. But if you haven't heard of them already, go and check them out. They're awesome and exactly what we need today when it comes to VPA. They're Australia's leading finance option for our sellers. But look, let's get into today's episode. And I'd love to welcome Jamie Harrison to the program. Now, Jamie is a lead agent for Colossi Real Estate on the Gold Coast. He specializes in selling prestige properties. Now, we've been working together one-on-one -on -one for quite some period of time. And Jamie is unlike um, most other agents that I have met, such a, a great guy, but somebody who's really achieved remarkable things by embracing digital and prepared to go above and beyond um, more so than any other agent that I've seen. On top of all of this, he has great results. He also has been an alpine snow skier um, and has been, you know, won lots and lots of awards competitively racing in this field. So please welcome to our podcast, Jamie Harrison. 
So, Jamie, welcome to the Build Your Best Life podcast. Thanks for having me. <laughs> Fantastic. Now, I don't know if you remember this, but do you remember where we first originally met? We were at realestate.com. We were yeah, in a boardroom. Just room. down the road, I think. Yeah, we were actually only about yeah. two blocks away. And we were in a boardroom and we were sort of um, talking a lot about all things digital and so forth. And you were talking about your strategy and I was just blown away going, who is this guy? He's, he's <laughs> really, uh, really amazing. So that was when we, when we kind of... Um, first met, but I was super pumped because I wanted to really showcase your knowledge on this podcast series because quite often we see real estate agents wanting to sort of embrace digital and social, but they don't really know when to start. And also too, I don't think that they're totally sold out to that, you know, the belief that it actually does work. Yeah, sure. And that's really what we do, we have seen with you in your career because essentially you are the king of postcode 4218, right? I guess that's one way of putting it. (laughs) So for those who don't know, postcode 4218, it covers... So Broadbeach, Broadbeach Waters, Mermaid Waters and Mermaid Beach. Yeah. And so you've been working in the industry for the last five years. So really you've kind of dominated in in a very sort of short period of time. And I know you've sort of told me about how you'll be in supermarkets and people will sort of come up to you and you haven't met them before, but they'll just recognise you from seeing, you know, you on social media, right? Yeah, well, they sort of just double look at you and sort of stare at you out the corner of their eye. And I guess just with the consistency of ads that are constantly floating around there in the background, it's people sort of resonate with that over time. Yeah, which is great. That's exactly what we want from people. Yeah, we want we want them to sort of recognise us and sort of look at us. How do I know that guy again? Yeah. <laughs> I'll trust your real estate agent. So, I mean, the last five years is really quite a short time to kind of really build the traction that you have on the, on the coast, but and particularly to gain that sort of market share. So let's break it down. How have you really kind of done this? Yeah, I think I, um, I came from a business-to-business sales background. So I've been in sales quite a long time. And I think one of the reasons why I sort of chose to gravitate towards the real estate industry is I, I felt that there was a lot of opportunity there. Um, I'm very much a believer that I'm a professional marketer as much as I am a salesperson. Mm. Um, and I think a lot of agents out there maybe may not share the same view. And um, yeah, I just thought that was a real opportunity. I, I really sort of love marketing and love sort of, I guess, pushing the envelope and working out how we can do things better and um, be more innovative. Um, so yeah, it was it was sort of, I guess, a bit of a natural fit for me and being able to come from a I guess I used to sell photocopiers with Xerox, so it's not very easy to get excited about a photocopier, but (laughs) everybody needs one. So it's one of those things if I can, I felt if I could combine those skills with the mums and dads and, and, you know, beautiful properties down on the Gold Coast, it seemed like a natural fit for me. Yeah, it it sounds pretty glamorous. So, I mean, social media was, was one of the platforms that you've really embraced. And so, you know, you, whenever you list a property, you have campaigns on social media, but you also personally market yourself, you know, on the platforms too. So just walk us through a little bit about that. Yeah, look, I think social media now is, you know, we're going through one of the biggest platform shifts of our attention since, you know, um, TV or radio to TV. And, you know, now I think there's a real opportunity. You're constantly on show. People are constantly walking around with their phones. Um, you know, people don't watch TV anymore and watch the adverts because we are all on Netflix or we fast forward just to the shows that we want to watch. Mm. Um, so I, I thought, you know, there was a real opportunity to not only, you know, promote myself, but promote my properties, but more also utilize the power of data to be able to make sure that we're taking the right properties to the right people. Mm. Um, So yeah, we just sort of, you know, ducked and weaved and 
sort of made a few mistakes along the way, but all in all, it's sort of coming together really well. Yeah. Well, one of the things that you talk about is you really talk about not sitting back and waiting for buyers to come to you and, and to basically walk through the doors, that you basically yes. go out there and you, you grab them and you bring them back. So, you know, tell us about that philosophy. Yeah, look, I think... Um, We've sort of got a philosophy that we're out there hunting for the right buyers rather than waiting and hoping. Mm. Um, and I think in this day and age, to rely on hope as a strategy, I think is really probably doing your seller a disservice or your clients a disservice because we've got access to so much information, so much data. We can you know, throw videos out there and retarget people that we can improve that customer experience. But in saying that, you're also improving the quality of the people that are coming through your properties yeah. um, and matching properties with people based on what they earn or what behaviours they show or what they like to do. Um, so I think it's really the, the new age of you know, providing a better customer experience mm -hmm. to the buyers, but in tune, getting better, getting better quality um, people through the front door as well. Yeah. But I think you know, a lot of people who might be listening just might be going, okay, well, that sounds all really great, but what yeah. does that actually mean? So just breaking that down when you are doing a campaign, I mean, you really look at, at you know, the demographics of, of where people live and where they shop and what they buy and and what their interests and their hobbies are yeah, and so sure. forth. So, you know, um, I know one of the other things that you do is, you know, really um, utilise your database on the back end of social media to target yes. ads to, correct? Correct, yeah. yeah. So just having all, like, whether it be my pipeline, whether it be my, you know, sellers in a particular postcode, having that all in the back end of Facebook so all my ads are getting delivered to them. So I literally leave no stone unturned. Mm. Um, and I think it's about just taking a step back and saying, all right, well, who is the most likely buyer demographic for this home? You know, if you've got a, you know, a beautiful home on the beach, you know, is it other people aspiring to get closer to the beach that may have had, you know, own their own personal developments or business developments that have allowed them to increase their capacity to be able to do that? Is it someone looking to get away from the beach and get out to the hinterland? Um, you know, what I've found is everybody fits within a bucket and it just depends at what stage of their life they're in. And then you can match those buckets with property. And it, and it really does become quite simple once mm -hmm. you sort of take a bit of a helicopter view and think about, all right, well, are people living on Hedges Avenue with $20 million homes? They probably have Black American Express cards. They probably go to Europe for a month every year. They probably drive a European car and their wife might shop at Camilla. So by doing that, it just allows us to forget about the rest and really hone in on, on the people that have the capacity and may show similar lifestyle attributes. Which is which is pretty impressive, because when you think about that, it's all, it's all true, but it's actually about putting it into practice and not just kind of saying it's a scuttergum kind of approach. It's yes. really about, um, and I know this is really important to, to you, about putting it in the digital kind of ecosystem of how it all, all works into place, correct? Yeah. And I think, you know, ultimately between Apple, Facebook and Google, they know everything about all of us. <laughs> Everyone's sort of got this whole big brother effect. But if you actually think about it, they're actually providing you a better customer experience because mm. if you're only ever seeing ads that are relevant to what you had a conversation about the night before or it's going to save you time, you're not going to be you know, bombarded with ads that aren't going to be relevant to you. So I think as soon as society lets the machines and, you know, and whatnot do the heavy lifting, it actually frees us up to have more time to do what we want to do. Yeah. Um, but I think, you know, there might be a little bit of time before society's ready to, to accept <laughs> that. Um, but yeah, that's, that's ultimately, I think, the world that we live in these days. Mm. And, um, yeah, so it's pretty exciting. So when you're sitting with the seller at, at a listing presentation and, you know, you're talking with them about these kind of strategies, yes. I mean, do you feel like they're really excited by this or do you feel like it's scary for them or, or what's the feedback that you're getting? Yeah, look, I think there's always an element of, you know, 
some people have a little are a little bit more guarded about it. I think mm. a lot of people um, are a lot more aware of the power of digital marketing and and social media. Um, you know, whether it be a 65 year old who wants to keep up with photos of her grandkids, um, you know, she's still on there spending probably more time than than some of the younger um, generations now with the different platform shifts. So yeah. I think people understand the importance of it. They don't necessarily know how to best utilize it for yeah. them. Um, but effectively, I use the analogy, you know, most agents are out there fishing in the ocean with a line over the side of the boat, hoping a fish is going to swim past. Yeah. I'm throwing a net over a school of fish full of bait. I know those fish want to eat. Yeah. Um, and that's that's ultimately the difference. And I think when you break it down really simply like that, it makes a lot of logical sense. Mm. Um, and it's you know it's something that a lot of homeowners can do different to the next guy that walks along. Um, and that ultimately means more money for them um, if it's done correctly. Well, that certainly sounds pretty exciting, very sexy. And as a seller, I would want that, right? <laughs> <laughs> I would want to know that I want the school of fish, yep. not not the line. So. Yep. Um, but I mean, in, in terms of your digital presence, and this is something that you're super passionate about, you, it actually is intriguing to you yep. um, and that you've really embraced in, in your business. It's also been a point of difference in your marketplace, but you still do the regular activities you know, yeah, that, we, that we do as real estate agents. So I know um, my husband, Jason, he is on your database because he's you know, got a property on, um, on one of the streets that's in your service area. Yes. And, um, and the other day he got a text message that was basically like, you know, um, here's the, the yeah. Do you want the market report? Yeah. Um, so let's talk a, a little round, a little bit around those activities that you also do to service, you know, your your four two one eight postcode. Yeah. Yeah. So every uh, every twelve weeks, we put together a quarterly market report, which is a f essentially a quick reference guide as to everything that's sold in the suburb. Mm -hmm. So it's all agent sales. It's not bias. It's just literally a, a one stop shop for anyone wanting to know what's sold, what are the trends, what's the median. Um, we also got a 10-year graph of the median house price because what I found in real estate is when I first started, everybody was waiting for it to get back to a similar level to pre-GFC. Mm. And it wasn't until we actually looked at the numbers and said, oh, do you realize now being, you know, 2000 and uh, like 2015, 2016, we're actually at similar levels to what we were pre-GFC. Yeah. So it was just that misconception, I think, that people weren't quite aware of, of how it was all tracking. Um, and I've got over 1,600 people in my database, which is 50% of my of Broad Beach Waters. Mm. Um, and we put a lot of time and effort into it and constantly looking to, you know, to make sure we're adding value to the people that are reading it. Um, and as a result, you know, they don't have to be bombarded by us. We just send it out if they want to learn the updated um, value of their home. We have um, telemarketers that, that follow up and, and essentially just go scooping for the opportunity. Yeah. And then we can focus on the ones that are, you know, want to talk to us in more detail. I like this because it's basically about providing the information before they actually know that they need it yeah. um, and actually being a real service provider instead yeah. of basically saying, okay, you want a free market appraisal, here it is. It's kind of like you're just there at the ready and yeah. saying anything that you need, I'm your person, whether it's now or in the future, yes. you know, and it's also not hassling them. So it's like, okay, if you do want it, great, we're here. If you don't, that's actually okay too. Yeah. Um, so actually listening to what their, what their needs are. Oh. But a couple of months ago, um, how long ago did you move to Koloshi? Uh, about six months ago now. Was it six months? Yeah. Well, it's gone so fast. So um, there might be a few people who who may not have heard of the, the agency before. And obviously, it's a boutique business that's based on the Gold Coast, but it more sort of specialises in, you know, premium price property. So, you know, tell us a little bit about, about the business and, and how what it was that made you decide to actually change agencies. 
Yeah, so um, our agency is um, headed by Michael Koloshi, who is synonymous with you know the top end of, of luxury real estate on the Gold Coast. Um, so Michael's built a phenomenal business, um, very much a, a family. You know, he sort of really there to support everyone, and um, I think he's had a lot of success in his life and his career. So now his level is about helping everybody else around him to achieve sort of their goals and objectives and dreams. Um, so I, it was always in my plan to to align myself with with someone like Michael, and he's always been a mentor of mine and behind the scenes. Um, but I just felt like I was at the right stage in my career. Um, having been with Ray White for sort of four and a half odd years mm. to, to take that next step um, and push into some of the more luxury property throughout the area and um, yeah really grateful that I did. Well I think you know this was one of the areas that we really identified in our working together yes. that you know um, you really enjoyed working with business people and you really enjoyed um, dealing with perhaps more the more affluent sort of side of the marketplace yep. um, because really it kind of gave you a, well it was more it was more enjoyable um, so let's let's sort of you know, talk around this because I think that there's a number of different ways that you can really build growth in terms of your GCI and your income. And obviously one of them is, you know, you can do more volume. The second one is that you can increase your sales rate. And the third one is, of course, that you can increase your commission. Yeah. So, you know, if you are selling, you know, more premium properties that are at a higher sales price, then that's fantastic. Um, that's instantly going to make a massive difference. So, you know, I think when we when we looked at this identification and, and you know, because at the time I think there was a lot of um, difficulties in terms of, you know, you finding enjoyment in your in your work and I think part of that was the fact that you weren't really working with the target market that you enjoyed dealing with, correct? Yeah, absolutely. I think the biggest thing for me coming from a business-to-business -business environment and me being quite analytical and liking to sort of go through the details and talking about business, it was always a natural fit for me to, to I guess, focus more on the business owners or, mm. or the more affluent section of the market. And I think it just came back to the, the internal belief of me feeling like I was ready for that. Yeah. Um, and since I've taken that jump, you know, the conversations that I have with people, half my listening presentations are talking about them and their businesses and how they could market better. Yeah. Um, and by the time it comes to, you know, marketing, commission, everything else, it's pretty much like, where do I sign? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> um, so I think for me, because I'm quite passionate about it and because I can genuinely demonstrate the value and actually have a strategy and go, mm. well, this is how we see the next four to six weeks planning out. This is how every piece of the puzzle fits and to form that picture. There's not a lot of salesmanship, like they're almost they almost want to do it more so than, you know, as much as I do. Yeah. Um, so I think that is one thing that I've just really taken a step back to think about what is the strategy in play and why. Mm. So when you are asking for 10,000, 15,000, 20,000, they can see the value there and they can see that, well, if I invest this money and it is an investment, it's not a cost, then the return's going to be there on the background. And also having case studies to support that, I think goes a really long way. Hi there. It's Sherry Stora, and I'm interrupting this interview with a special shout out to my sponsor, ListReady. Now, if you haven't heard of these guys, you need to go and check them out. Head to their website, list-ready.com.au because they are going to change in this marketplace. And in fact, these guys really are the leading VPA finance solution in Australia. Now, there are a number of common themes that are running right throughout this podcast series and vendor paid advertising is most certainly one of them not just because it helps grow an agent's business, but it's really about delivering those exceptional outcomes to our sellers in terms of price and also in terms of timelines. I must admit, I do understand that as an agent, it can often be 
owner to actually find those additional funds to prepare and market their home correctly. And by default, this kind of becomes the agent's issue. So I've always used, you know, VPA finance solutions, but I never really found that overall and option. That is until I heard about List Ready, and now you know why I'm so excited about them. I guess essentially what they do is they, they look at all costs, whether it be renovating, landscaping, marketing, or staging a home right up to $25,000. It's really simple to use, and in fact, at the listing presentation, you grab your phone and you complete an online application form, which literally takes a minute to complete. And within a couple of minutes, once there's approval, the funds will go directly into your so this is extremely powerful and important because there's no hidden cost, there's no hidden fees for real estate agents. It's really a service that's been bought out of necessity for agents to help their sellers achieve the best possible price. In fact, it is actually ListReady's mission statement to actually provide and be the best value for vendors. So look, if you haven't already, go and check out their website, list-ready.com.au, or alternatively, give them a call on one. 254418. There was a time where I know when we were working in, in together, we were kind of almost like butting heads because I'm like, okay, I know that you've been told that we almost need to just keep pounding in terms of bringing the price down. Mm -hmm. And it was, you know, the difference in between dealing with a particular market and dealing with the prestige market is, you know, how they do business is completely different. They don't need to be told what to do. They actually, you know, make business decisions all day, every day. Yes. They really want to, we want to be in a position where they come to us and actually ask our advice. And that was a, ma a massive sort of mindset change for you, wasn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's just, you know, once you start dealing in a different market and you start to understand about how people, you know, want to be led or, you know, rather than being told by this young punk that the reserve <laughs> has to be set at X, yeah. um, where sometimes you can get a bit of pushback if it's somebody's biggest asset and, and they're sitting across the table and not necessarily agreeing with you. So I think just taking a more consultative approach and more leading them in the direction that you feel is best for them. Um, and it's been working really well for me so far. Yeah, what sure is. Yeah. Um, you, you're performing unbelievably well, which we're going to talk about very soon. But I think too, you know, at this, at this point, and going back to, you know, to the issue about um, it was really quite challenging at some point, sometimes to find the joy, you know, in, in your job. I mean, obviously working with this, this change in market, that's really made a difference. But what yeah. other things did you kind of do to really identify what you can do to make yourself feel happier because our jobs are tough. Like, mm. you know, we're having difficult conversations all the time. We're dealing with people who are under stress, who need to sell their properties for whatever reason, frustrated, they're in limbo, they can't move on, you know, and we're feeling it from so many different angles. So it can be hard um, for us as, as agents. I mean, what what is it that you've done to actually make sure that you feel happy um, in your job today? Yeah, I think there's a number of elements to that. I think a big thing is just being really conservative of your energy. You know, there's always going to be people out there that will suck any energy they can. And, you know, it's, whether it be a, a seller that's maybe not aligned with you, you know, the old me would just take on everything and anything. Mm. But then it's the opportunities I'm missing out on because I've got someone who, you know, isn't willing to listen and, and has their own ideas. Where now I'm a bit more, it's more of a mutual selection process about yeah. who I want to work with. And um, that way, you know, you don't get the joy sucked out of you and, you know, you're more positive about what's happening. And then you're more attractive to future vendors that are walking through your open homes because you're not under the pump doing 10 open homes every weekend. You've got a team there or you're, you know, maybe only having five or six, but the price point's three times as much. The commissions are 3.3%. Um, so it just provides and allows you to, 
you're able to provide that six-star service. And yeah. um, I think it's more beneficial for everybody. Yeah, and I think too also it was a, a matter of you kind of saying, okay, well, I'm changing my mindset. So instead of going there and fighting with my sellers all the time about it's us versus them, it was kind of like we're doing this together. Yeah. And just as you were saying before, when you're in a listing presentation, you're literally just talking about marketing and business in general and they kind of get it and it's like, yeah, yeah, totally, we're right. Like we're on board, like let's sign. Yeah, um, yeah. Instead of the like, oh, what's the cost and what do we need to, to really do here to, to kind of, you know, make make this work? And it was like you had to justify every single little thing. So, yes. you know, that part of that has really come in your mindset from what I, I see. Would you yes. agree with that? Yeah, absolutely. And I think it just comes back to the, the core belief and believing and what it is that you're offering that is genuinely going to benefit um, their property and, and their price at the end of the day. Mm. Um, and I think, you know, once I started to believe more that marketing is more of an investment than it is a cost. I think that's the, probably the first step. Um, and now obviously coming across um, to Colossia, we are very much a big print business and mm. um, I never had a problem selling print, but I probably didn't really genuinely believe in it based on what I knew in the digital space, but I do. You really understand. didn't. I remember our conversations. <laughs> yeah. And it's, I think it's a collective, you know, we know where hundred percent of the buyers are going to come from. We just don't know yeah. where the best buyer is going to come from. And, and ultimately the process I believe is about finding the emotional buyers or buyers and then creating that competition to get them to pay the most. Yeah. So whether one comes from a targeted Facebook video ad, whether one comes from the paper, whether one comes from your database, I think it's a collective of all those avenues. Mm. Um, and that's ultimately what you know puts your seller in the best position to secure the, the best possible price. Yeah. Well, it's quite interesting. I mean, now we're sort of talking about some properties. So let's, let's get into some examples because I think, you know, you're on track to have a have the year of, of your real estate career, which yeah. I'm super ex excited about. Um, and I think, you know, your plan is to really write 500K before May, which we're totally on track for. But there's been a couple of properties that you've sold recently, and I think it's really, um, it would be great to sort of break these down and sort of talk about them to give yeah, some, sure. some good examples. Now, um, there's a, a property that you've just recently sold um, in Cedar Place, Broadbeach Water. So tell us about that property, who owns it, and why this was important for the levelling up up in terms of your career yeah so the um the property is a, like a six bedroom waterfront home just off the river beautiful home great location um it's owned or was previously owned by ashy Bynes, um who's a social media um fitness influencer and very successful businesswoman um so the mark the, sorry the property was previously on the market with another agent um i think it just it wasn't the care wasn't taken in terms of presenting the property for sale mm. and actually having a proven strategy. Um, so we met with Ashy and um, and her husband and, and sort of put together a bit of a plan, took full ownership of the property presentation process. So um, we have an in-house project manager, which facilitates all the trades. We got painting done, pressure cleaning. We got full styling contacts and literally turned the property into, you know, it was almost unrecognizable. <laughs> um, and. I think by, you know, and, and just coming back to that, the first thing that Ashley said to me was, oh, we've already spent $10,000 on marketing. Like, we don't want to spend any more money on marketing. It's just, we've already wasted $10,000. And we said, yeah, that's fine. You know, you know, let's catch up. And we had a bit of a chat. And, and when we actually put together the plan and demonstrated every step of the process and how it was beneficial and how we had done it previously to secure a great outcome, mm. um, in the end, they, they ended up making a, you know, a fairly significant investment um, with a lot of that being towards the property presentation. And um, as a result, she got a price $100,000 more than her only offer from the previous agent. So although she had to invest, 
um, you know, uh, had a fair investment. Yeah. Um, she was still sort of eighty, eighty-five thousand dollars better off at the end of the day. Which is um, actually really hard to do in Southeast Queensland. So quite often, and particularly on the Gold Coast, a lot of people are just lucky to get their money back still even today. Yeah. So I mean, this property sold for two point two million dollars. Yes. So certainly, you know, it was a, an expensive sort of um, property. But also too, when we um, take a take a step back, it's quite interesting because a lot of agents will just say, look, I don't have the time to kind of project manage this, but you just knew that it wasn't going to sell and for great money, um, let alone sell at all, if yes. the work wasn't actually done. And that's yeah. why it had sort of languid on, you know, on the market. Yeah. Um, but I also think, you know, when we, when we look at, at properties like this, because it's quite common for you to take properties over once they've been on market with other agents, correct? Yeah, correct yeah. yeah. So what what happens, I mean, we're always talking about targeting on the markets. Yes. <laughs> but, you know, why why do you feel that um, this property had been on a market on the market with another agent? You then sold it in how long after the work had been done and you, you did a uh, campaign of how about long? About seven weeks. Yeah. But that was Christmas in the middle of that as well. Which so. is, yeah, which and properties don't always sell, you know, super quickly and that's, yeah. that's always a part of the process, particularly once it's been on the market. So, I mean, you actually a got a result you got a result for a much higher price than what the owners ex expected but why why do you think that um, that you do sell properties when others aren't able to do that I think it just comes down to the fact that I take full responsibility of how the property is presented like mm. to me if I'm going to put my name to something I want it to be the best it can possibly be yeah. um, whether that be you know property preparation whether it be the best photographers out there whether it be the best videos we, we know the best angles, you know, one thing I, you know, get told off by other agents in the offices, I spend too much time on my marketing and the detail, but at the end of the day, the property is just as much a reflection on me as it is my owners. Mm. So if I can, if we can get the right angles, if I can be at photo shoots to ensure that, you know, we get the right shots and um, if we need to get photos re-edited because they're not vibrant enough, um, that's just part of me and my brand and, and what I do in my marketplace and mm. the amount of listings that I've won or calls that I've had from other sellers or other agents that have, or other um, homeowners that have said, hey, look, like your photography is amazing. It like it bounces off the screen or your ads just looks stand out so much more than, than the next guys. Mm. Um, I think it's such small, easy tweaks to make, but I think people just don't take responsibility of it. Yeah. Um, and I think it comes back to understanding that you're just as much a professional marketer as you are a salesperson. And yeah. I think that's the difference with, that I've noticed with a lot of the top agents around the place is they've got teams to facilitate all facets of that process mm. um, rather than just turning up, panning out brochures and hoping the house sells themselves. Yeah. Um, so that's just something that we do differently. Obviously, I can't speak for everyone <laughs> else, but it seems to be working really well for us. Mm. And um, yeah, excited to see sort of what this year has instilled for us. Yeah, well, I think what's so... What's so unique about the the marketing is there's so much noise around just getting the transactions done, yes. and so it's almost like this kind of conveyor belt kind of process. And but you know this is a big deal for someone. It's their their property, and sometimes we forget about that. We just yeah. you know lose the heart. And you know this is one of the things because you are so particular and analytical, which is you know your strength as well as your your weakness. But in this particular case, it really does pay pay dividends. Now I think coming back to you know why this business why this sale is important for you I mean obviously it's a very well-known person she's got you know I don't even know how many followers yeah like close to a million followers. yeah so I mean so huge following on on yeah. so on social I mean how have you really leveraged the sale of this property and the fact that she was essentially a celebrity to build your business 
Yeah, it's obviously just having relationships with the local newspapers, editorials. Um, we have leveraged a, sort of a few Instagram ads and things. And because people know who she is, they know the property. Um, it was a very prominent um, position on the river as well. So a lot of the local homeowners, you know, understood exactly where it was and what it offered. Mm. Um, so, yeah, we're just sort of, you know, doing what we can without sort of blowing our own trumpet too much. Um, well, this is the time to do it, Jamie. So, I, so, but I remember seeing on um, on Instagram, or I saw a, a, you know, it was even on the front page of the Gold Coast Bulletin. There was a, like a yep. little splash out there, yes. which is great for your business because really, essentially, it's edifying you, particularly after it's been on the market with an, with another agent. And it's yep. funny that you know sometimes when we when we break it down into looking at individual sales, the difference that it can have on one's one's business. You know, every single property can literally be a stepping stone. You know. Sometimes through our careers, there are big, massive sort of milestones, but realistically, you know, everyone can sort of do that. Now, let's sort of, you know, while we're, we're talking through through this, the campaign, you did a, um, did you do any print advertising? What did you do there? Yeah, so we did like a highly targeted digital campaign. Um, what did, does that mean? Yeah. yeah so sort of um, video, targeted Facebook ads, Instagram, um, just, I guess, having that ability to take property to buyers rather than wait for the buyers to come to us. Mm -hmm. um, I think the beauty of digital now is that you can literally arbitrage people to that the ads just pop up on their feed whether they want to see it or they don't, yeah. um, rather than sending an email where someone can just choose to delete it and not open it. Um, so it's really about that just, you know, that continuous um, sort of more passive marketing in the background, but then obviously overlaying that with a lot of the data, all of the demographical data that you can lay on top. Yeah. Um, that's when it becomes really, really powerful. Um, and not to mention, it can be a lot more cost effective to do a targeted Facebook ad, you know, to 500 homes around a listing mm -hmm. than it can to say do a thousand DLs. Yeah. Um, so, and you can do it tomorrow and it's there within an hour. Um, and lots of so pretty pictures speed, instead yeah, of one. <laughs> yeah, just speed your response. And, um, you know, the consumers these days have attention spans of goldfish. That's just mm. how we're programmed to be. So I think you've got to give people what they want in the way that they want to receive it. Otherwise, you're just not going um, yeah, to go to them. Attention. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So let's talk about, you know, some other sales that you may have done, which, you know, um, in essence, we're kind of leveraging and, and moving forward. So you've just sold one in Ashmore at Ballara Street. So that went for, what, 3.75? Yeah, yeah, so it was a um, street suburb. Oh, sorry, our record for the suburb. Congratulations. Um, thank you. Yeah, look, it's a beautiful home. Um, again, from a very prominent um, architect on the Gold Coast in Australia, Michelle Marsden. Um, she's designed a lot of, of the most beautiful homes you've ever seen. Um, so very quintessential Hamptons, very like high level of detail, beautiful furnishings. Um, yeah, it was a very particular, like very special property. But again, with that, we knew it was the best house in the suburb. Um, so the average price point in Ashmore is around 700,000. Mm. Um, so we knew that we had to draw buyers in because it wasn't some, like it wasn't a property that people were gonna be looking for who had that sort of capacity. Um, so we, we did a highly targeted um, digital campaign as well as print and everything else and just targeted some of the more affluent areas around the Gold Coast. Um, it was about 10 minutes from Broadbeach or Service Paradise. So we targeted some ads up through the northern end of like your Sanctuary Cove okay. and your Hope Island and some of your more acreage estates for people maybe looking to get a little bit closer to Broad Beach um, rather than, as well as looking for people along the beachfront, Isla Capri, um, Chevron Island, Mermaid Beach, for people maybe wanting to get a, let's take a step back as well. Mm -hmm. um, so again, just thinking outside the box, um, you know, I guess making educated assessments about what's going to work best. and continually just tweaking and molding um, 
the the campaigns as as it goes through and um, yeah as a result we you know we found our right buyer and um, their family member actually they were moving back from Hong Kong mm-hmm. um, expats that they lived here previously their family member saw it um, and as a result they um, they came through the open home two hours after they stepped off the plane and <laughs> love it yeah stepped through a few <laughs> committed and, yeah so that was a, a really good result for um, for Tom and Michelle the sellers as well as the buyers yeah so did you do a, 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 a print campaign on that yeah, particular? Yeah, so we did uh, five weeks of print there as well. Mm-hmm. Um, again, because I think you need to cover all bases. Like we don't know exactly where the buyers are going to come from. Mm. Um, and, you know, when you're talking about a, nearly a $4 million asset, um, yeah. it makes sense to sort of cover all your bases as best you can. Yeah, well, what I'm hearing, and I'm hearing it loud and clear, is that, you know, it's not one or the other. It's really a combined approach because you don't yeah. know where the buyer is going to be coming from. So, you know, you are really hitting digital and you're hitting it hard and you're doing it different to most other agents they're not even taking the time to kind of do it in this way Um, so I think you know you've got your digital strategy there with your social platforms on top of all of that you are obviously advertising you know extensively on the on the portals but then you are embracing you know print Um, and so it's all of those things that are combining together to create that competition because as you say you don't know where the buyer is going to going to be coming from so you know vendor it's not easy when we're talking about big campaigns like this and you know in various different marketplaces print is important and print is not but obviously in yours it's one that I believe is is very powerful so you know what when we're talking about vendor paid advertising and it sounds like you know even with um with with the property there in Cedar Place you know it was it was an extensive you know spend on on going out through there I mean what would happen if somebody sort of said to you look I'm not prepared to to spend this money in terms of advertising would you still take the property on with the look to converting it through at some other point or would you actually walk away yeah, absolutely. Look, at the end of the day, you know, you're never going to walk away from business because they're not going to pay, you know, for the budget that you want. Because, mm. um, you know, like the reality is it's just, it's just not how the world works, mm-hmm. you know. But um, And sometimes it's timing, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, I think there's a number of elements to that. You can always say, hey, look, you know, why don't we try it your way? Let's go down the path. Let's see the results we get. And, you know, when we catch up each week to go through the campaign and the feedback that we've received, then we can sort of make an educated assessment. Okay, well, is this working great? Let's keep working with it is mm. it not working what can we do differently um, and that way you can get obviously control of the listing and then come back again and, and maybe look at a different approach mm. um, so yeah and it's I don't think it's a one-size-fits-all for every property you really got to understand about you know what it is you're selling what the owners want at the end of the day because um, yeah we'd all love every owner to give us 20 or 30 grand yeah but the reality is it's just not going to be the case yes um so i think it's just about matching you know that right strategy and making sure you've got all the tools in your toolkit to do the best job that you can yeah um but certainly not you know putting a big budget in front of them and then going with another agent who's free marketing and yeah because you just shoot yourself in the foot and the property <laughs> could sell in the first weekend and you know you could have done yourself out of a sort of $30,000 commission potentially. Yeah, and that's why it is really important when you're going in for a listing presentation because most people are not just seeing one agent today, even yes. if they do have a relationship. Yeah. You know, you really need to know who you're going up against, where you're going in that order. Yeah. Um, hopefully you're going last, you know, but the, but really it comes down to actually knowing what you need to do and say. I mean, there's no point going into, you know, a, a 
a listing presentation, if you know that your competition are actually going to be sitting there and saying, look, you know, this is what we need to do. We're going to sell it through our database and an off-market campaign. And you're sitting there with, you know, with a twenty or $30,000 budget, what's going yep. to be more, more appealing? So you might need to change your strategy or your approach. You know, it's also why on the markets are so powerful once you've actually, you know, taken one over because what they have previously done, it hasn't worked. Yep. So they essentially need to start again. And it's like, you know, Paul Ashy's just written a check to her favourite charity. Yeah. So, you know, it's like wipe the site clean. So I think, you know, it's it's powerful what you're, t- what you're talking about here. And, you know, in different marketplaces such as, you know, capital cities of Sydney and Melbourne, they don't need to spend the 20, 30 plus thousand um, on, on advertising campaigns. But, you know, here in southeast Queensland, what's so great about... Um, about print advertising is that typically people still, you know, see it as a hobby. Like it's the thing that we love to do on a Sunday morning as as Australians, we love real estate, we get our coffee yep. and we open up the paper. So, um, and I think particularly where we're talking about spectacular homes, they're not necessarily suburb specific. Yeah. So, you know, just like the one that you were talking about in Ashmore, like if it was just going to be suburb specific, probably, you know, the buyer would have come locally. But given the fact that this was, you know, almost four times the sale, the average yeah, sale price, price yeah, yeah. That's right. It probably wasn't going to come from there. So you need to think a little bit further afield. So when a seller, you know, basically is thinking, okay, well, look, let's kind of, let's do it. But, you know, I'm really concerned. I don't know that it's the right thing to do. How do you overcome those objections with getting vendor paid advertising? Yeah, look, I think um, for me, I do a schedule to show them exactly what we're going to do and when and why it's important. Um, so, you know, I don't always do print advertising straight away mm-hmm. because sometimes, you know, you need to get a, you can get a feel on the market in different ways and then introduce it later on. Maybe when, you know, if you've got the price more aligned or if there's, you know, other aspects that are involved and in, in behind the scenes. Um, I'm also very big on visuals. So when I go into a listing presentation, I have copies of my written reports. I have copies of all the RA reports. I have copies of, you know, social media posts mm-hmm. um, and also case studies of, people in similar positions to you felt exactly the same way, didn't want to hand over the money, they did, and this is the result we achieved for them. Um, Because people always want to have confidence knowing that other people have done or made the decision that they're nervous about making and it's worked out for them. Mm. Um, So I think just really utilising those tools, and I find people are very much visual. Um, you know, to come in and just say, oh, yeah, give me $30,000, like people naturally are going to walk KY. Yeah. Um, and they need to understand that value in order to be able to do that. And I often say, you know, if, if I said, oh, if you give me a check for $20,000 and the statistics show that you're more than likely going to be eighty dollars or $100,000 better off, mm. most people would do that. Correct. Um, but I think it's if you don't have those case studies and you can't demonstrate how that's been done previously, then obviously people are always going to be a bit more hesitant about writing that check or, or yeah. working with you to give you the tools you need to get mm. the best outcome. Well, I think, you know, one of the things that I see that you do really well is, is once you've built a relationship with, with somebody um, mm. that they're, you're, you know, you're their agent for life kind of thing. And yep. it's about that repeat kind of um, referral and pattern of business. And they're out there championing you to the marketplace. And I yes. think you're really great at doing this with, um, you know, even buyer's agents and those kind of repeat, you know, um, clients. So, I mean, how do you really do that and put the heart in addition to doing a great job? Because we've heard how detailed you are <laughs> and that your strategy is really different and you've got a great point of difference. But, you know, how do you actually, you know, put the heart in so that they actually fall in love with with liking you and doing business with you? Yeah, I think it's just about being yourself and, you know, not everybody's going to like you, not everybody client's going to resonate with you. But the law of averages is if you 
deal with the people that you like. It's not going to be like work. You're going to do a better job. You're going to mm. overservice them because they're going to become more like friends. And I think for me, the biggest thing was actually learning to say no to some people, like yeah. rather than being hungry and taking it all on and some sucking your energy, some calling you at 10 o'clock every night, which then puts pressure on your relationships, you know, personal relationships and for actually letting those ones go to the keeper mm. um, because at the end of the day, you can only handle so many pieces of stock. You can only make so many calls. You can only do so many open homes. So you may as well deal with people that see value in the way that you operate um, and are willing to give you the tools you need to, to do a really good job. Mm. Um, and, and, you know, particularly like in any marketplace, there's always going to be the guys that, you know, promise the world and are cheap and do it all for free. But the reality is, it's like you get what you pay for. And there's always going to be people there that, you know, don't want to spend money and, you know, and are probably more likely maybe might leave money on the table by by not investing money in the right places. Um, so I think, yeah, just aligning yourself with people you like to deal with um, and just being true to yourself about what you stand for and who you are mm. and rather than trying to be this, you know, like have this front like you're a rock star. Like everybody's just a person at the end of the day. Correct, and, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think that that's worked really well for me and just a few of those mindset shifts that I've had over the last sort of five or six months. Yeah, and I think that was also a big thing for you. It was almost like it was really hard to let go of the past because what mm. made, what got you to that point was essentially mm. what had made you successful. Mm. And it was like, you know, um, wanting to let go of that but also wanting to, to keep it because it was kind of that fear of, okay, well, if I let go of that, what's mm. actually going to happen to my business? What's going to happen to my income? Yeah. And this levelling up for you, I have to say, Jamie, I'm, I'm so incredibly proud you know how much I love working working with you because you really have embraced it and it's been challenging and scary and you know the vulnerability but I think you dropping that facade of what a perfect real estate agent should be and, and being so robotic and actually just showing you the real, you know, you and you're not kind yeah. of, you know, because I think you are quite different to most real estate agents. You know, you're not the one who's kind of, you know, um, coming out the, out the you know, cake. You're literally, you know, you, you embrace you. You like dealing with uh, different styles of clients and those people really fall in, fall in love with you. And I really um, am very um, honoured and, and proud to have seen that journey so good good for you but it was hard and I think that were even activities that you needed to let go of so we've talked about the fact that you've let go of um, of particular clients that you've learnt to say no yeah. you know not taking all all business on board changing your mindset in terms of dealing with the right kind of clients but also there were some activities that you needed to change too and um you know, working at a service area, once upon a time, I know it was really big to you in terms of delivering a magazine, for example. Mm. So that was a really hard thing for you to kind of let go of too and, and, and move forward in a different approach. Yeah. Yeah, and I think it's, at the end of the day, you know, you don't know what you don't know and it's the way that I'd sort of learned to do it. Like I was, I started in real estate, I'd never done it before. So mm. it's like, all right, well, you build your pipeline, you deliver, deliver a house and garden magazine to them once a month and you talk to them and when they're ready to sell, they'll call you and all the rest of it. But it just gets to a point where you're delivering 100 magazines every single month, the amount of time that it takes to package them, deliver them, and then their circumstances change or the family gets involved yeah. or somebody, you know, passes away or and the kids take over and you've got no relationship with the kids and you spent two years giving them a $10 magazine every month. It's just not a very scalable way to take your business to the next level. And look, don't get me wrong, it worked really well for me in those early years. Mm. But then 
to take it to where I wanted it to get to, it just wasn't aligned with yeah. um, with that next step. So. And technology changed and the market changed and yeah. you were able to embrace new different ways instead yeah. of just doing things the way that you've always done them. Yes. So, you know, good for you in terms of recognising that. But, you know, you don't do all of this by yourself. You do have, you know, somebody who's a part of your team. So tell us a little bit about, you know, your journey with, with the EBU. Yeah, so Corey um, also works with me. Um, he's a sales associate slash sort of admin support as well. Um, so we work together a lot, obviously, you know, obviously running buyers, um, servicing clients, helps with open homes, buyer follow-ups. Um, we are looking to put a PA back on again now um, that we're settled in, in the new business. Um, so I'm really excited to see how that sort of frees us up again because I had previously had a PA for two years. Mm. Um, but I'm just very cautious that it's very easy to jump into the... I guess to pump up your ego and say, oh yeah, I got a PA, I can sit at the coffee shop for half a week, so everything else has been done for me, but it just actually ends up costing you more money and mm. you become more of a charity rather than like a profit center. Yeah. Um, and I've made that mistake before, so I just want to make sure that I tighten up all my processes and, and get the right person to allow me to sort of really leverage that and, um, and take things to the next level. Well, this is, this is big learning and I think this has also been a big part of, you know, your journey and our work together because, you know, we're all told that we need to have a PA and in order to really level up and to write more income. And, and yeah. look, it's certainly true, but there's no point having one there if we're not really utilising them in the right way. Yes. And I think, you know, um, that was very, very um, challenging, I think, not just for you, but I think for a lot of different agents where we go, okay, well, I've got a PA, great, what happens next? Yeah. But it's like making sure that they're doing the right dollar productive activities, making sure that you've got a right the person who's right in your team that you can actually uh, um, hold them accountable, that they're holding you accountable as well, yes. and they're adding to your business. Um, And I think too, you know, as part of that journey for you, as it is for most agents, we're all control freaks. We all love to do everything our way. And it's really hard to let go of that. So I think, you know, hearing this story is not uncommon. Um, I love the fact that you're talking about profitability because, again, we see the lead agent taking all of this kind of, you know, risk and not necessarily getting the financial reward back. And often it's the lead agent who's actually making lease bank. so I think moving forward now, talking about you know this journey, what will you be looking for in, in a PA? I think someone that just works in well or complements your personality, so complements your weaknesses rather mm-hmm. than saying, oh yeah, I like her, we get on well, or him. Um, actually maybe taking a few more steps and doing a few more personality tests and just working out how they're gonna fit within the personalities within the team already, how they're gonna complement your weaknesses or allow you to sort of leverage your strengths more. Mm. Um, And yeah, I'll just be doing a lot more sort of crossing the T's, dotting the I's to make sure it's the right person at the right time. And um, yeah, I think it's, it's very easy to say, oh, I got a PA, yeah, everything will take care of itself. But you actually need to be driving that person to work the way that you need them to work you know it's that's best for you yeah Yeah. absolutely and I think you know one of the mistakes I made previously is I probably wasn't driving the team it's sort of like they were there but they needed me to say hey look this is what we need to be doing this Mm. is why this is how and at the end of the day you're the lead agent like you're the one in control of your business you can't expect somebody else 
to be always telling you what to do and when and how. And yeah. there are PAs out there like that, which are great assets, but you know, you gotta be willing obviously to pay for them as That's well. Right. And they don't come up very often. So No, they're hard to find. They're yeah. like little diamonds. Yeah, <laughs> so, but when you've got them, but and you know, depending on where you're at in your journey, um, you might be able to find somebody who who is already really well trained. That's a great yeah. way of basically leveling up really, really fast. But you know, if you've got more time and you're more established in your career, you can certainly train somebody from scratch. So it comes down yep. to what is going to be best best for you. And yes. I think um, this personality testing that you know you and I have spoken so much about is so critical. And you know, even back as part of my you know real estate working working journey, you know, sometimes I would know that that the person who's working with me, they would just not be able to tolerate my personality. Because when you've got a million things going on and you're sort of flying into the office and it's like, okay, we've got to do this, this, this and this. And if they're too soft a personality, they're going to take that really harshly. It's it's like, let's just get the job done. So if they're not that way inclined and on the same level as you and and to have a thick skin, it's probably not going to work. Um, And I think for me, that was really when my team started to change, when I started to personality test in my business and make sure that I had the right kind of people who um, were able to work in with me instead of me trying to compromise all the time to work in with everybody everybody else which is which is a massive thing right yeah absolutely but you're also quite a competitive person (laughs) and um and I know in the past you've represented Australia New Zealand when it comes to alpine ski um snow skiing sorry I can't say correctly so I mean do you think that this um that this has been very important to you as an agent? Do you feel like that has assisted you being competitive? Yeah, absolutely. Look, I've always been very driven. I'd say one of my biggest qualities is I'm very driven to do well and I sort of know what I want and I tend to make it happen. Um, And yeah, I think, you know, from a young age, being um, in competitive snow ski racing definitely sort of, I guess, gave me some of those traits and whatnot. And um, yeah, look, it's just, just who I am and <laughs> it's what it is, I guess. Yeah. Well, you you know, you are quite analytical. You're someone who has a very careful and planned approach and very yep. staged approach. And I think, you know, uh, I don't know much about snow skiing, but certainly it would probably be one of those things where you're looking down down the hill going, okay, got to miss this, got to get get to this. Is that the one yeah. where you go through the flags? Yeah, yeah. through the gates. Yep. Go through the gates, sorry. Yep. <laughs> uh, <laughs> show my naivety on there. But, you know, it's really about having that planned approach and maybe that's why you're, you're so exceptional at real estate because that's actually what you learned as being a, a, a sort of, you know, a, a great skier. But I also think, you know, one of the things that I do notice about you is that you don't really look too much at your competition and what's happening. You're in your own lane. You're doing what, what needs to be done. You know what your point of difference is. You know what your competition is doing, but it doesn't really matter. It's like yeah. just moving moving forward. Yeah. And it's about getting competitive with yourself and achieving your own goals, which is the part that I love so much about working working with you. Yeah. So, look, I think, you know, um, moving forward, what I would love to to understand, what I'd love the audience to understand is that we've been on this journey, so it's been five years, and that you've gained massive traction in that period of time, and you've really dominated, you know, um, the po- your service area and your postcode. Mm-hmm. You've decided that you want to change in terms of who your target audience is and you're certainly on track with that you've changed um, in terms of saying yes to people and saying no to some people as well you've also then determined okay well what's going to be the best fit for me in terms of doing that but now here we are where we're looking forward to having your best year ever and you're on track to write 500k in the next sort of um, three three months but what actually is you know on the the larger sort of scale for for your future what do you think is next for you yeah, look right now I'm just sort of really focusing on real estate I um 
before I came across to Koloshi, I was exploring, you know, some other opportunities. I went to China, went to Canton Fair, and um, I think there's just there's such a massive opportunity in real estate. Like if you are working with people you want to work with that understand, you know, the way that you do things and can see the value, the amount of money that we can make in our industry for literally a very little risk mm. um, if you're on a reasonable split with your office and you know you can work flexible hours do what you want to do yeah we work hard but you look at some of the money that you know top agents can write it's sort of the sky's the limit in that yeah. regard so it's probably that was another mindset shift for me I was sort of exploring these other avenues but if you do this business really well for you know 10 or 15 years and you're smart with it and you know what people want to buy where they want to be what style you've got all the contacts i think you can really leverage um, your networks and whether it be developments or flipping houses or whatever um, i think this provides a really great platform to, for you to essentially do anything you want to do yeah um, so yeah i'm just focusing on real estate at the moment and trying to uh yeah keep limit my distractions <laughs> i love that because i think you know it certainly has been a moment of clarity with changing all of this and mm. it's all kind of come together after this hard work yep. and, it, and it's re it's really hard it's really hard to say okay well i'm not loving my job at the moment because all of these things are kind of i'm attacking i'm you know it's us first them but it's all like it's all changed because of you yeah and this is what's you know pushing you forward now to have this kind of free life um, yes. because certainly it's it's life-changing when you're earning this kind of GCI, right? Yeah, life's pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Well, look, Jamie, thank you so much for being a part of the podcast today. I'm so very grateful and, and look, um, love catching up with you anytime, but thanks so much for coming and seeing us in Brisbane, especially when you're not feeling so well. <laughs> thanks for <having> me. <laughs> Great episode today talking about digital, but it's been so much more than that. Jamie, you've shared with us, you know, talking about vendor paid advertising and how this has been a really big, important part in the growth of your business and for achieving exceptional outcome for your sellers. You know, talking a little bit about the on the markets and also talking about, you know, binding and that journey to working out that you don't need to take every single listing out there, but it's more around finding the perfect and the right client that is a good fit for you and in your business model. And while we're saying a big thank you to Jamie Harrison, I'd also love to thank List Ready, who have sponsored this series and have made all my podcast dreams come true. And when I initially spoke with them around, you know, what this concept was for, the, for this podcast series, we didn't know whether it was going to be successful or not, but it was just about arming agents and giving quality free content out to everyone and they were completely on board. So thanks, guys. But look, in our next episode, I'm going to be talking all things leadership. And, you know, really about how you can inspire and how you can build, you know, not only your own team, but also work within your marketplace and the industry. And I'm going to be interviewing the one and the only Sherry Chris. Now, Sherry Chris is the CEO and head of expansion for Rheology over in the States. And she looks after brands such as Better Homes and Gardens and ERA. So look, she is an absolute powerhouse. There is so much unbelievable content in this episode. But if you are keen to build your best life and truly harness your real estate career by implementing proven sales systems and structures, by leveraging your results, by building your own celebrity profile and you know, building your own team in EBU whilst working less and making more profit, then be sure to tune in and to subscribe to the podcast so you get notified every single Tuesday when the episodes go live.
And again, if you want to take things to another level, please remember that the doors are open for my Build Your Best Life coaching program. Now, this is a foundational platform, one that I've been working personally since 2012 and one that my agents have been working with me since 2017. It is a program that works in conjunction with your CRM and your digital, but it is about putting in and implementing proven sales systems and structures. It's about creating habits and a program that you work every single day, weekly and monthly and quarterly and when you do all of this it will revolutionize your career and you're going to see the best ever results that you've ever had working this system so look if you want more information on that head to sherrystora.com forward slash bybl and remember if you want that freebie go and check out my website because this is a really great template which calculates what you want in terms of your goals how much GCI you want to write, how many properties you need to sell, how many properties you need to list and how many listing presentations that you need to do. And it's got to personally calculate it all for you. So it takes all the hard work out of it. Go and check out my website for that. And of course, if you want more information from today's shows, the transcripts, any other information where you can find Jamie, be sure to go to sherrystora.com forward slash the number 22. Thanks so much for tuning in.